Welcome on into the show. My name is Danny Gallion. I'm joined by the snare campaign provocateur, Mister. You've just gobbled your last ghoul. It's Benny Horowitz. What's up? Oh, uh, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming tomorrow, right? That's right. That's right, Dude. man. Oh, I messed up. Can I tell you why? Why? My wife is like, "Are we going to see this in the theater or at home?" And I'm going, "Listen, we got to watch it at home. We got to make a nice Italian meal and make a thing out of it." <laughs> She's like, "Cool. All right, let's do it on this day." Day passes me by, and I book a practice on the same day. Oh no! And I ruin Sopranos date night. <laughs> classic mistake. But to my credit, kind of a classic Tony Soprano move. You know, that's true. You you've got your. Uh... No, I'm not. I'm not gonna say business that. Business first. I was about to be like, Friday nights are for the girlfriends, Saturday nights are for the wives, right? <laughs> yeah, a girlfriend named Rocky. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's sensual. Like, that's like, in yeah. a basement in New Brunswick. I that's love right. that. Very sexy. Very. But sexy. Uh, you all should go see the movie. It's great. Uh, the premiere was a wild experience. Let me just tell you about that. Yeah. So I saw you dressed up. That's you right. Had some nice clothes on. Went to the premiere. What can I expect? tomorrow how is the sopranos movie it scratches every single itch that you want and <gasps> the end um i was not expecting this it even gives a little insight into potentially what happened to tony so they did oh. not compensate me to give this ringing endorsement but if you're a sopranos fan and you're from new jersey especially if if you're from like the you know the general sopranos area or the jersey shore it's a couple little neat things that, that are going to make you go, oh. My. So, yeah, that's my big Fine. tease. Oh, that's a that's a <laughs> ringing endorsement. I was expecting you to be a, to, to drink the haterade. This is nope. fun. Mm-mm. Oh, on, exciting. On, on things this sacred, you can't drink the haterade, especially when it's done this well. Exciting. Exciting. Uh, well, you know what segment I never drink the haterade on, Benny? I don't know. <laughs> it's just in music history. Oh! Woo! Do, 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 do. The way you took the drink at the perfect time had me dying. <laughs> anyway, what do you got? So on this day in 1987, Soundgarden. Mm. Yes, Soundgarden existed in 1987. Released their first EP, Screaming Life, on Sub Pop Records. Recorded... All the way back in 86 at Reciprocal Records in Seattle, co-produced by Jack and Dino. So this would seem like something that's not important, but the things that stood out to me uh, at the time were, you know, the chronology of the grunge movement in the eyes of the mainstream starts in the 90s. And I think people devalue the, uh, the path to, to, you know, and the things that were happening prior. So just as a frame of reference, these were the top songs of that time in 1987, okay? Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi. I Think We're Alone Now, Tiffany. Here I Go Again, White Snake. Michael Jackson's Bad. George Michael's Faith. I Want to Dance with Somebody, Whitney. Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, Starship. Walk Like an Egyptian, The Bangles, so on and so on. So I wanted to illustrate this and how the mainstream had zero clue about this huge scene in the Northwest and how it would change everything at this point. It's kind of so romantic. I love it, you know, and the thing I wonder about uh, maybe one of the last scenes of the pre-internet age that this could happen, that like there could be a subculture that literally takes so many people 
uh, by storm because nobody had really heard of it prior to these bands breaking. Another reason it's important is because the record was co-produced by uh, Jack and Dino, and he became sort of, uh, you know, synonymous with all the early grunge records. He recorded Green River, Mud Honey, Nirvana's Bleach, Tad, the first Screaming Trees record. So he was kind of the sonic influence behind the recordings of that time. And uh, the Soundgarden was the pioneers of this. They were a really, really early band. And I don't think they uh, get enough credit. So here I am tipping my cap. Uh, I love when you tip the cap. That's always a... I got very excited when you brought up uh, Living on a Prayer and almost thought that we had the same one, Benny, because on this day in 1988, Bon Jovi scored their first UK number one album with New Jersey, uh, the follow-up to Slippery When Wet that produced five Billboard Top 100s. This one had... uh, Bad Medicine and I'll Be There For You on it. So, great album. was trying to stick with my theme, Sopranos, New Jersey. Always got to tip my cap to the state tattooed on your forearm. Do you think that the residents of old Jersey in the UK were were (laughs) big fans or not big fans? Not big fans, no. Not big fans. No, no, no. I've been to the Channel Islands. They're very, very strange, strange places. I bet. It's a story for another time, but I once played the Channel Islands at a festival run by bikers, uh, and there were former Nazi compounds all over the island that were now paintball facilities. Mm. Uh, it was definitely a strange scene. So exactly like New Jersey. There's no difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not unlike somewhere around like the Route 9, 287 <laughs> Turnpike, Parkway, <laughs> Woodbridge, Perth, Amboy Corridor. Yeah, something like that. All right, first headline today, Benny. Our girl Brittany scored a legal victory. I know we talked about this over the summer when the documentary came out, but Britney Spears scored a legal victory in Wednesday in the fight to regain control of her life. God, I got to make it dramatic. Control of yes. her life. <laughs> a Los Angeles judge suspended Jamie Spears, the singer's father, as conservator of her estate estimated to be worth $60 million. Kind of low, right? Britney Spears? Yeah, considering um, it's lower than I thought. <laughs> and uh, a, a designated temporary replacement to oversee her finances is yet to be named. Uh, this ends a long legal battle. Benny, you have experience in the legal side of music, the playing side of music. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? <laughs> just mean, like this horowitz and gallagher entertainment yeah. lawyers over here uh but what do you make of this i i think it's great i you know i i dug into this story when it came out the same way a lot of people did which was like kind of what is this silly shit and then as you know the layers peeled back and more and more people seemed dedicated to the point of like you know uh, serving their entire life to to help this cause you know you couldn't help but look at it a little more closely and then when the details came out the doc comes out like all this stuff you know at the very least you find out that there is some bizarre creepy shit going on in this camp and at the very least it deserved to be uh you know changed for these people stuck inside of it so it seems like it was something that everybody knew should have happened a few years back, but this is how the legal system works. And if people are fighting it, it has to go through all these channels to uh, make it real. But big credit to all the people who 
stuck with it and and basically made this happen. I mean, it was like uh, one of those strange indications, right, of the power of social media and movement organizing and the things that can happen if people are really consistent, and really passionate about it. Um, you know, sometimes I just wish people were more motivated and passionate towards other stuff, <laughs> saving like all of us instead of one person. But, you know, that's, I guess, the power of celebrity and growing up with someone as your role model. You know, you think you know them and you actually had the chance to help them, which is like sort of a, a strange position for fans to be in, kind of a very unique one. I mean, uh, did you hear parts of these stories again that come oh, out, yeah. though? Like, you know, Mr. Spears uh, instructed a security team paid for by Britney Spears mm. to place a listening device in her bedroom. Like, so imagine that she's paying for this security team and he got to send them to spy on his own daughter. Yeah. You know, um, one thing maybe you can clear up for me, right? Which yeah. makes me feel like it's sort of a was it the colonel who ran the Elvis's life? Yeah, colonel, yeah, yeah, general? the colonel. You know, like, in this, it says that also in 19, he gave up the power to be her, like, body manager or, like, personal manager, and that was not uh, rescinded. It was given to someone else, um, a, a woman. I don't know who uh, her relation to Britney Spears, but, like, What's going on in that house and her just general state that like, like, what is this person doing? Like, like, how are they managing her body? Like, are they managing her, her medicine intake, food intake, sleep, depression? Is she that close to the edge all the time that it's like someone managing her actual day to day life? Like, what's going on over there? Benny, I'm not going to pretend like I have the answers on. You've this never one. been invited. In. I mean, I've never. Listen, I feel like there's. I may have. My name is Denny Gallagher, and you're watching Disney Channel run all over me. But I'm not exactly in that. Uh, in listen, that camp. I thought all you white people knew each other. Oh, okay. I'm not like Alabama <laughs> that- white. There's a difference. God. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You are a different kind of white. That's true. No, but you know what I think happens here. You know. I think when you are a teenage star and and you have people that do things for you at an early age, that just continues throughout your life. So this is probably normal for her. You know, she's had a security detail, people monitoring her every move so that she kind of hasn't been allowed to live for herself. I think a lot of what this is trying to uh, uh, overturn is give her back control of her life. But that becomes a dangerous thing. You saw when she got to be an adult and she had control of her life, what kind of happened there. Um, now, now I'm not trying to come out and, and be like she should have someone controlling her every move and her money and all that stuff. She's a grown woman. She can either sink or swim from there. Well, actually, that's the point I'm making, though, yeah. is like in this story, you know, it's implied to me that that this control was pulled from her father as and, you know, as as certainly as it should have been but it was just given to other people yeah not her it's not like she took on this control and brought it on she still you know the conservatorship went to a lawyer that she knows you know this body management went to somebody else so it's there is still this like strange thing in place there that's that's the kind of question mark i still have about the whole thing it has a very elvis presley michael jackson kind of thing written all over it to me you know 
No, it's really sad. I mean, you you would like to think that they would, you know, like teach her or like provide her like classes and like financial responsibility. A lot like you see with yeah. these basketball players in the like the G League and like overtime elite, like facilitate them to be self-functioning. But I guess then once you start make someone self-functioning, um, then they don't really need you. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. So it's the cycle, yeah. the glass menagerie. Oh, great book. Great book. So NBA Media Day happened this week. The Kyrie free zone today. Oh, Kyrie oh, free zone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, hey. In this box. <laughs> you may try to dance and drive your way out of it like you're Kyrie in the lane, but we, me out of, your boy. Get me out of this box. <laughs> try to crawl out. No. Oh, then he's regretting Kyrie doing the today. <laughs> No, but let's talk about Media Day. It was a very interesting day. You know, Benny, I've been around a lot of these at this point. Most of the time, it's, oh, I'm happy to be with this new team. Or like, you know, oh, the past is in the past. Twenty, Like, this is going to be the best year ever. It's the only day of the year where everybody has hope that we're not really on people too much. This was a little bit different. <laughs> um, this So, Media Day 2021, there was a lot of questions about vaccination status, what the league was going to do uh, about things. Uh, days after Media Day were after a lot of players were asked whether they were vaccinated, including LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and they said, you know, I did my own research and I did what's in best case for my family. For both of those guys, it meant that, oh, hey, I, I, I did my research, I got vaccinated, and I was socially responsible. For a lot of players, uh, i.e. a guy like Jonathan Isaac and Kyrie, this meant I do my own research and... I'm not open to talking about why this is a private decision for me. I will give Jonathan Isaac credit for here. We've been very hard on him on this podcast. I thought his answer was eloquent and made sense. Kyrie, on the other hand, uh, was not at media day because, you know, he's not vaccinated. He couldn't be in the Nets building. And he was like, this is a private matter. I want you to respect my privacy. Yeah. Now, Benny, a lot yeah. happens here. But what do you make of the whole... Guys presenting um, not wanting to get vaccinated as, hey, respect my privacy, or I've still got to do my own research. Uh, I mean, it, so part of it, right, it kind of explains itself. So if these people are playing and they're with the team and they're on every game, you no longer respect their privacy. You know what they did. Yeah. They got vaccinated. And that's the reason that they have no impediments. And the people who do have impediments, didn't get vaccinated. So the way the league set it up is the one who already took privacy out of it. If you want to leave the reason you're not doing it as a matter of privacy, okay. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. kind of just chicken shit, but like, okay. Uh, but, you know, that being said, anybody who's having these problems didn't get vaccinated. And we know that. So that argument is kind of out the window. I mean, <sighs> The, the thing that's hard to watch is like there's some elements of it. I'm not that comfortable talking about it. And it's because I don't have the same like shared mistrust of these things as some communities, especially like people of color, like that historical precedence isn't there for me and I don't have it. And if that's something people need to research or get over or that's their reason for not doing it, 
it's not really my position, honestly, to say one way or the other. If your reason for not doing it is I want to do my own research and you go online and read a bunch of things that are in the negative written by people who don't know what they're talking about, then like you're scary and part of the problem. If doing your own research means I'm going to go talk to my friend who's a doctor, I'm going to go talk to my doctor, I'm going to talk to this other person I know who's a a virologist and between the three of them, I'm going to make a decision like that could also be under the umbrella of doing your own research. So I think, you know, in the typical, like you said, 2021 way, the second you don't do it, you're just lumped into a category and categorically denied like any respect as a result of these decisions. Some people aren't. And I kind of don't like that. There is still nuance Maybe for some of these people, Michael Porter Jr. saying, I had uh, COVID twice and I don't want to get it again. Maybe I'm extra sensitive to it. Like there's all these people. I do think it's bullshit. Like I personally think it's bullshit, but it comes down to these like things that you have to give people the right to refuse at some point in their life. There is a line. I don't know what that line is. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't think we should use the NBA and, like, uneducated kids in their early 20s as the gauge for it. You know what I mean? This is like, it's like a weird, is it a weird place to have this conversation? Well, I think the NBA kind of invited that conversation when, you know, you know, you start trying to be the players league. And when you have, you know, when you em- empower your players and you give them the platform, you hear all of it. You, you hear the socially conscious. You you hear, you know, the people that may be more conservative leaning. You hear everything. And I think that's what's happening right now with the league is like, OK, the players are are empowered now, what exactly does that mean? In that argument is like, okay, we've given them too much power. That's a decision that Adam Silver is going to have to make. It seems like the answer to that by the league is yes, because they're like, hey, if you don't play in the games because you're unvaccinated, we're going to dock your pay. So a guy like Kyrie Irving is going to lose $19 million if he decides not to get vaccinated. So I think that's the NBA trying to push hey, this is still a business. We need you out there. At, but at the same time, trying to be the nice parent that doesn't come down like a hard ass like David Stern would have. Yeah. I mean, Kyrie, the reason I wanted to climb out of the box when we started talking about Kyrie is yeah. like, you know, this guy, I didn't know what the fuck he was talking about when everything was normal. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this dates back like four or five, six years ago now. Like, the flat earth stuff, Boston. It seems like ages ago. It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I never knew what the fuck this guy was talking about. So now we have something so like critical and something so important. I still don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I probably won't. Yeah. You know, like, like he's made it pretty clear through the course of the last few years that like, we're not going to know really what, what's going on with Kyrie. He's going to show up when he wants to show up. And if he keeps balling, people are going to let him keep doing this shit, you know? Benny, let's keep it in Brooklyn. There is actually basketball stuff to talk about. I thought that Nets Media Day was a circus and a half like I've never seen before. You had David Letterman showing up. Uh, You had James Harden showing up saying, 
this is the only place that I want to play. Um, saying, hey, I'll wait on my extension because I, I know that it's coming. And then you had Kyrie zooming in and everything like that. But let's let's start this off first with talking about James Harden. Do you think that Harden thinks, hey, if Kyrie doesn't show up this year, I may be even more valuable than the team thought right now? I mean, I think that's already the case. Mm. You know, I think there, there was some stuff that played out last year that you really saw Harden rise to the top. And now that the dust is settled and you're hearing like, yes, I listen to very nerdy podcasts and reports on the nets. And, <laughs> you know, from all, uh, from all reports and all the, you know, the chatter coming away from the nets, Harden has been like, not only the baller, but from the second he walked in to the locker room on the court, off the court, apparently he's been like a leader. And there's starting to be, you would think Kevin Durant is the leader of this team. It's starting to look like James Harden is the leader of this team. So, you know, like him or not, it seems like from the second he's been here, he's been doing all the right things, taking on all the kinds of roles you would want him to. You watch the guy go out there on one leg in the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like that was a fairly heroic you know, performance. And if, you know, Kevin Durant makes that three, like James Harden is, is known as like a real hero for battling it out and going out there on one leg. And so I, uh, normally I would call bullshit on this, but this could be authentic this time with Harden. People don't like when you try to force your way out of situations, but I'd say in Harden's case, he was playing the game. It's a precedent that was set up long before he Mm -hmm. came around and made this demand. No, but you're right. You know, from everything I've heard and people that I've, I've talked to, he has been model citizen because he knows that this is his chance. He knows it's it's a thing he's really been waiting right. his whole career to be a part of a team like this. He was like this in Oklahoma City, uh, and then he wanted to you know have have his team, and he was like this for the most part of, of his Houston career. Yeah, a lot of it. Outside of flying to the Bahamas, you never really heard about a bad thing about yeah. James Harden in terms of work ethic and stuff like that. So I think, oddly enough, this is going to work out, and I'm happy that Harden has been able to pr- provide insurance for whatever Kyrie may be. Yeah, I mean, imagine just like that, you know, excess of riches that Brooklyn has, the fact that, Kyrie Irving, arguably, when he's on the court playing full time, a top, you know, what, 15, 20 player in the league when he's mm. really cruising. Yeah. And the Nets have the liberty to be like, well, you know, yeah. we're good. We have the other guys. Patty Mills should be fine. Gosh, that makes me so mad. That makes me so mad that Patty Mills is just your backup. It's of, like being a Yankees yeah. fan. It's it's the same embarrassment of riches. Like I was just looking at the stats, right? All of a sudden, everyone loves Giancarlo Stanton again <laughs> because he hit 35 home runs this year or 37 home runs this year, whatever he has. The last two seasons, the guy has had like 90 at-bats and he got paid like $60 million <laughs> to do that. Nice you know, there is no other team on earth that every single person calling into the radio shows and, call, you know, aren't going, get this guy off the fucking roster. (laughs) We can't pay him anymore. And Yankees fans have the liberty of going like, oh, wait, oh, he's still on the team? Yeah. I forgot we were paying him, you know? (laughs) Who's the next guy? That's kind of how I'm starting to feel as a Nets fan. Oh, I mean, yeah. 
I mean, hey, it must be nice not and you know have have an owner that actually wants to pay the luxury tax and doesn't get hey. rid of PJ Tucker for forty five million dollars. Hey, life is short, you know. Like <laughs> bet let, the over. Let, let my teams do all the shady shit and be as entertaining as possible. Got a couple more basketball headlines to hit you with today. Uh, Zion Williamson down there in New Orleans, and it is a Uh-oh. it is a shaky sitch situation. Though too much gumbo. I was. I was happy to see that Zion cleared up the thing that we talked about last week uh, when he was like, hey, I love being in New Orleans, like being with the Pelicans. Now, of course, this, the cynics would be like, yeah, but for how long? But he has a he, he had a bit different problem this offseason. Uh, apparently, David Griffin said on Media Day that Zion suffered a broken right foot during the summer, um, but he should be available uh, in the first few weeks of the regular season. Um, he said that, Zion injured the foot early in the offseason and that they've been dealing with it post-surgery and recovery all summer. The thing that I don't like that Griff did here, and you know I love David Griffin. We work together, blah, blah, blah. The way that he presented this to the media is only going to make enemies. He's like, you know, for you guys, this may be a big deal, but internally we've been dealing with this all offseason. It's like, dude, no, it's a big deal. The guy who in, in essentially matters in keeping your team in new orleans and the future of the entire pelicans organization had a broken foot that's a pretty big freaking deal but benny what do you make of this latest foot injury from zion williamson i complicates it to me um you know it was already you know here's the thing again though that you know we're kind of dealing with a you know, let's say a Bradley Beal situation again, right? Where we've been talking about Bradley Beal getting traded. Right. For what? Three or four seasons. Yeah. Bradley Beal has always said, no, I'm good. I'm staying here. I want to stay here. This is my place. And we're just all so like, Cynical. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah we're, we're, <laughs> we're built in. We're like Pavlov sports fans. We've been lied to so much that we can't even like trust it anymore. He's never said anything about leaving. He's never given any indication. He's been like the, the sweetest kid in interviews who's yeah. always playing team ball. <laughs> so it's like he might be genuine. <laughs> Maybe he loves it down there. It is a cool city. So who knows? Like the the thing that is interesting about this situation again is every ounce of speculation has been externally created. Yeah. And in that way, Griffin is right. You know, like there has been nothing internal that should give you that indication. We just created it because the timing matches up and we need news 24, 365, you know, that being said, you know, that body two foot injuries now, like broken foot, you can't help but go like, okay, that's scary. Yeah. And then the whole concept of uh, him opting out of this qualifying offer is based on him betting on himself physically, you know, the LeBron model. Mm. And, you know, LeBron happens to be made of fucking robot parts <laughs> and not everybody else is like, you know, some people are indestructible. So I wonder with his body type and these type of surgeries, does that uh, give him more of an inclination to take a safer deal for himself, which would be taking the Pelicans offer, you know, um, that would give him the most years and the most money and the most protection. So, you know, maybe it lends itself to that. But then there's, you know, the foot injuries. I'm a little conditioned as a Nets fan because I I would have told you in 2010 
that Brooke Lopez's career was over. You know, that guy kept year after year was getting screws planted in his foot. I'm like, this guy's fucking seven foot two weighs this much. There's no way these feet can handle it. He's going to be Yao Ming. And not only did he keep playing for the Nets for another six years, you know, wound up winning a ring with the Bucks 18 years after that. <laughs> you know, So they do know how to fix this stuff. And, and that's actually an injury that historically seems like uh, it can heal and repair too. So I do think it's a big deal. And, but Griffin doesn't really have a chance. He doesn't, what's he supposed to do up there? You know, just be like, ah, that foot is fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? like, like he's got to play this card it's, it's just obvious stuff you know and i get it he's a straight shooter but in making it a us versus them thing that may help for internal morale but that does nothing for whatever he's gonna do next so you hang out with the media too much. I, it, it, it's just how I'm conditioned to think. And LeBron James is why Benny has trust issues in believing Zion Williamson. No, I'm just kidding. Well, you know, we talked about LeBron. Do you want to get into a little bit of Lakers here? Yeah, why not? All right. So the death. You thought Brooklyn had a Death Star. L.A. Lakers and Genie Bus were like, oh, you have this. We're just going to have. What was that one from Space Jam? The Goon Squad? They got Stop LeBron. It. They got yeah, Anthony Davis. Yeah, but the Nets Davis. got a Tesla. <laughs> the Lakers got an El Camino, you know? <laughs> They've got Russell Westbrook. They've got Carmelo Anthony, uh, Dwight Howard. You name it. Rondo's back on the team. But the headline we want to talk about today is at Media Day, Anthony Davis was like, I'm excited to play the five for this team. Read into that what you will. I think with Ru- with Westbrook in town, I think it's going to be very exciting for him to kind of match up against your DeAndre Aytons, against your Giannis Antetokounmpo's. So what do you make of this potential next evolution for Anthony Davis? I mean, like, go. what do you see on that roster for other fives? Dwight? Starting? Maybe. The, I, mean. I mean, the other options are literally Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. You know, who like you can't win a championship with absolute uh, offensive black holes on the other side. You can't. I mean, they're good runners, good finishers, but that's not your answer. And it's especially not your answer. Like when you said you're going up against the big dogs of the league. So I think everybody's been wanting this from Anthony Davis. I mean, it was again, it was like if he went up there and resisted it again, he was going to take a lot of shit and create a lot more controversy for the Lakers going into this season. The fact that he just acquiesced to what everybody wanted him to do and say, sure, I'll play five. I mean, are we just throwing out numbers at this point? Like (laughs) six, you know, because because the NBA is like a semi positionless league. Yeah. You know, the Giannis is is basically a five but sometimes a three sometimes a four he's all over the court you start one guy you pull him after four minutes and then anthony davis is uh you know a a four again it's like it doesn't really make a difference it's going to be based on position and uh matchup anyway you know what i mean there are Mm. some people that sure like anthony davis doesn't have to worry about in the defensive end and you can throw him at the four a little bit more. But when he's playing a guy like DeAndre Ayton or somebody like that, you're going to want Anthony Davis glued all over him. So it, it's sort of silly, but 
I am happy to see him accepting it, accepting what everybody else Probably, wants. Yeah. But is this going to, ch- you know, uh, does this take him off the three-point line? Does no. this take him? I don't think so. I think yeah. it's pretty much we're going to see the Anthony Davis we've always seen, right? The thing for him is, you know, he, he is going to have to stay healthy. You know, we talked about Brooklyn and not being able to stay healthy last year. For Anthony Davis to be successful, I think, you know, he hasn't exactly held up too well the past couple of years. Playing down low, I mean, we've seen it with, like, Giannis and, like, Aiton and, 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 like, stuff like that. That is a physically demanding thing. I'm not sure you can do that for 82 games, but in the games that they need him, it's really good. I just hope that the Lakers can stay healthy, um, but I have some serious questions about that. I mean, on a team like this, if it takes Anthony Davis, like, if it removes him playing face-up basketball from, like, 24 feet away from the basket, then good. You yeah. know, put put the five number on it because <laughs> you can't win like that. So your question is about numbers. We were just Count Chocula <laughs> out here. It's not more even about numbers. numbers. <laughs> more numbers. More numbers. More numbers. Oh, speaking of numbers, let's get into our NFL picks for the week. Uh, I can't count this week, so if I look at if I look at my paper here this week, I have an eleven on one side of the docket, and that's right. I had eleven losses and four wins last week. Four Benny, and eleven. That's ben, tough. Benny's stuck true eight eight and seven again. I'm only four that's games true. off of the pace, but Benny, let's get into our what is this? Week five? Week four? Week four. Week, week four. Week four numbers. Oh boy, this is gonna go well for me. I don't even know what week it is. Here we go. And wait, before we start, yeah. Remember the stakes of this bet? Oh wait, hold not on. set yet. Hold on, hold on. Thank you for reminding me, Neil. We have oh. Neil mail. We have Neil mail. We have some Neil's mail. Some stakes. We, we have. Uh, what did he introduce? Hold on. All right. Hunt, hunting trip. Oh, sweet Jesus. Most dangerous game. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you make it seem like we're so flooded with fan mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's right. We are. It just, it's literally right now. I can't find it in the inbox. Okay. All right. So Neil wrote into the program. He answered our question about stakes and stuff like that for this thing. By the way, the hilarious thing about this email from Neil is Google gave me a be careful with this message. Uh, oh, so I, like I got some spam on Neil. It was marked right on the tune up thing. Oh, so no. shout out to Neil. If you want to get in contact with the show, it is at the tune up podcast at gmail.com. Two P's in there. But Neil. All right. Uh, so this is Neil's option. Let's hear it. These are Neil's options for. So if Denny loses, he's got to rock a Kyrie jersey on the pod every episode until NFL 2022. Oh, uh, which is yeah. Hard. Uh, if Benny loses, he's got to rock a Jason Kidd jersey on the pod. What the fuck? You like Jason? Like, shut the fuck up, Neil. No, 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 no. That's he just got he hit me in the gut on that one. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's tough. Okay, what else did he say? Okay, uh, both of those players are undesirables. Blah blah blah. Okay, uh, option two: loser has to sit through uh, every Bill Belichick presser next year and report back every week. Ooh. Honestly, Neil. I get paid to do that, so that's not even that bad for yeah, me. For Benny, yeah, that yeah. may be torture. But <laughs> by the way, a reporter uh, last week for the Patriots asked Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick about long snapping, got a uh-huh. seven-minute answer. So that wow. is the key to Bill's heart, long snappers. Okay, long snapping, um, gotcha. Option three, 
Loser has to do every, uh, a segment every week on an arbitrary MLB team that neither you know nothing about. Well, that's every MLB team for me, Neil. Yeah. Uh, you guys it's, at that, it's at that point in the season where no team is arbitrary for me. Like, I know more about the Pittsburgh Pirates right now than I should. Uh, you get 20 minutes to Google before recording. Well, how are we going to enforce that, Neil? I mean, that, that's how we do the tune-up, <laughs> yeah, That's Neil. exactly how we do the tune-up. That is the secret sauce. 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and his last one. Loser has to dedicate five to ten minutes every week of the NFL 2022 season to talk uh, fantasy football lineups with Neil. Oh, so Neil Ooh, Neil cool. wants to be part so of Neil's the show. Neil's pitching for a fantasy football <laughs> segment. Okay. I mean, I like introducing fantasy football. These are good options. These are good uh, options. <laughs> the Jason Kidd thing, that's Ooh, tough. because yes, Kyrie one, yeah. There was a time Jason Kidd was my all-time favorite basketball player. He's, he's happened to break my heart oh. a few times at this point. And I think he is a very undesirable character who I wouldn't enjoy rocking his jersey all the time. So these are good options. Should we set? I'd like to hear more options. Yeah, yeah. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. But, but for the sake of this bet being real, I think we need to decide by like, Week six or seven, just to make By it By the time the Mannings come back with the Manning cast in week seven, we need to decide on stakes okay. for this thing. Okay. So, so if anyone else has in. more stakes, uh, untattoo related, as yeah. Denny has laid out, <laughs> then, then we'll do it. And then we will put the best ones on the Twitter. You all will vote for them. And then whatever we have to do, we have to do. I mean, um, I like how we're talking like I'm even going to come close to losing. So, Oh, hey, man. Four games four games off the pace. Benny's sitting right now after three weeks of football, 16 and 14. I am at 12 and 18. Cue the music. Let's get to the lines. All right. So coming in Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, starting off, we have Panthers, Cowboys. Cowboys minus four and a half. Benny, what do you like here? Uh, strong like for the Cowboys on this. No McCaffrey. Uh, Cowboys look strong to me. Dax rolling strongly Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys have looked good here. I'm going to rock with that as well. Um, even though I do see a potential for maybe a Sam Darnold, welcome to the NFL young man showcase game. The Cowboys seem, seem, seem to be rolling. Uh, so I'm going to mm. rock. If with you them like here. him that much. Take the plus four and a half. That's you right. know, that's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Next game. We have Colts dolphins dolphins minus two. Benny, what do you like here? I like the Dolphins to bounce back. I don't think they're going to be this rough all year. So taking Dolphins with the small line. Uh, all right. So you're liking Jacoby Percet r- replacing Tua. Uh, plus two. As you guys know, I've made it perfectly clear. Never know what to do here. Uh, let's keep rocking with it. Let's go Colts plus two here. All right. Um, Washington football team, Atlanta Falcons, heading to the Benz, heading to Kanye West's second home down there in Atlanta. Uh, Washington minus one and a half. Benny, what do you like here? You know, every quarterback needs a season to tell him that he's not an NFL quarterback anymore. This is Matt Ryan's year. Washington's going to uh, show him show him yet again. It's these small numbers that get me. I can't tell you how many of these games over the course we've been doing this I've picked right, but I've gotten the line wrong. Oh. Um, I'm um, I'm, I'm, I'm almost going to take the Falcons. It's, it's almost as if people who set these lines know, know what, what they're, they're doing. doing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go with Washington minus one and a half. What the hell? Um, all right. you. We have your boy, Jameis, versus your team, the New York Giants, Saints, Giants, Sunday, 1 p.m. 
Saints minus seven and a half. Benny, what do you like here? I'm taking big blue on the plus seven and a half. I mean, they're going to cover. It's not like New Orleans is that good. <laughs> I know they made me look really smart last week in, uh, in the upset. Not the upset, but the walloping of the <laughs> Patriots. I think the Giants, at the very least, stay respectable in this game and stay within with, within a touchdown. But they could very easily be 0-4 after this week. See, last week I was all set to make the Falcons pick. You swayed me at the last moment. Not this week. Give me the Saints minus 7.5, please. All right, moving on down the ledger here. Titans-Jets, Titans minus 7. Benny, what do you like? I like the Titans. I yeah, mean, me it's too. looking so rough in Jets land that <laughs> I, I just can't see it. So, yeah, give me the Titans minus 7. Another team where it's looking kind of bad, the Houston Texans. This number right here, uh, once again, a team has to go in the Orchard Park and try to push the Bills around. Bills minus 16 here. Huge number. Benny, what do you like? I, I mean, I'm terrified of that number. Yeah, I me mean, too. To, to think we get, we need two touchdowns and a field goal here, but I, I'm not I'm not putting my stakes with the Houston Texans yeah. right now in any capacity. So give me the Bills with all those points. Texans starting a rookie quarterback. I believe his name is David Mills going into Davis. Orchard Park. David. Okay. Davis or David? I don't yeah. know. He's Mr. Irrelevant as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Give me the Bills. Uh, moving on down, Chiefs, Eagles, Chiefs minus seven. Benny, what do you like here? I think Patrick Mahomes has been watching Sports Center all week with yeah. with all everybody naysaying, kind of with like one of these with like a little smirk, like. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's gonna come out smoking this week and really, uh, really, really put people back in their place. It's time for that. So it's a it's a Mahomes show up game. They're they're gonna cover this spread. Yeah, you know, for as much as I say nobody goes in the Orchard Park and pushes the Buffalo Bills around, everybody goes into the link and pushes the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles around. I had to say it. Uh, Chiefs on. minus seven, please. Next one, Lions, Bears. Bears minus three. Benny, what do you like? Lions and Bears, oh my. Oh my, that's right. <laughs> I can't I can't roll with the Bears right now. Just too much controversy. Uh Lions look fairly good, respectable enough to get a couple games out of this. So I'm going Lions plus three. See where Field struggled against the Browns. He struggled against a pass rush, get, uh, being able to get time off. Detroit's pass rush has not looked good. I think Fields has time this week. Give me Bears minus three. All right, big one here. Browns, Vikings, tight one, two. This plus two line, almost like Vegas knows what they're doing again. Uh, <laughs> Browns minus two. Penny, what do you like here? Ah, you know, there's some of the Vikings look, you know, they're testy, testy team. And I think uh, might get to Baker this week, shake up that offense a little bit. So I'm like in Minnesota with the plus two. You know, I got to get back into this. I'm four games back. Got to go Browns minus two here. Try to make up, try, try, try to throw up these lobs early in the season to, to make up some ground. All right. A game that is an absolute tune-up sweet spot this week. We got... Cardinals, we got Rams. We got Rams minus four and a half. Benny, what do you like here? Sticking with my boys, my preseason MVP pick, Matthew Stafford, looking pretty smart. Uh, yeah, I, I got the Rams all the way. They're rolling. I'm saying no chance the Cardinals cover this minus four. Uh. Uh, so give me the Rams minus four and a half. You know, they made Tom Brady look foolish. He thought, you know, oh, these these fresh, fresh juices are going to be at the Beverly Hilton. They were not. He got shown up. So give me the Rams minus four and a half. 
Yeah. All right, four o'clock games now. Seahawks, 49ers, Niners minus two and a half. Benny, what do you like? Kind of in that same Patrick Mahomes sense. I think the Seahawks have been sitting around all week, kind of like, hey, you guys know we're here, right? <laughs> and I think they got a little something to show. So I got the Seahawks plus two and a half. The Niners were in the same exact position. Uh, you know, they've been sitting around all week after Aaron Rodgers did his thing last week. Uh, played a tight at Lambeau last week. Uh, so give me the 49ers here. Going back home and turning things around. Nice. All right, 425. Open slot here. Ravens, Broncos. It, it's a toss. I'm Broncos minus one. Benny, what do you like here? I, I, I like the Ravens. By yeah. a lot in this game. I think uh, I'm, I'm surprised. This is the one I'm surprised by this line. I, I like the Ravens. Yeah, give me the Ravens, too. If if for no other reason, then there's a ton of variabilities. If you go with this Broncos minus one, uh, you have more chance for success going with Ravens plus one. Mm-hmm. Benny, are we slowly becoming gambling experts? Because that sentence felt super smart to me. <laughs> um, all right, next game at 425, Steelers, Packers. Packers minus six and a half. Benny, what do you like? My my local sound man, Aaron Rodgers, is gonna keep rolling. He's gonna I, no no, bud. No more <laughs> vocals for you. No more vocals. Listen, not my first rodeo. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Rodgers is. Uh, I I love the Packers right now. I think they're they're just a joy to watch. So I'm taking them. The Steelers have made me look bad repeatedly. First time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. I'm not gonna. A fool's not gonna be fooled again. To quote George Bush, Packers minus six and a half for me. How how long you leave Big Ben out there? Oh I, my I don't gosh, know. it's it's getting really like, bad. At looks this like point. a teddy bear. It's it's not good. Oh, then Sunday night football. Collinsworth will be there. Michaels will be there. Buccaneers, Pats. Tom Brady will be there. Buccaneers minus seven. Benny, what do you like? You know, I love how they that big Seth Wickersham article <laughs> comes out this week. You know, getting behind. <laughs> Tom Brady and the Patriots, and it's all sassy, but you know, one of them is the uh, reigning Super Bowl champion. One of them came off a dud with a rookie quarterback last week, and you know, so I, I think that I think personally, if if you ask, Bill Pelichick seems as 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 cold on the inside as he is on the outside. <laughs> oh, I just don't it. think. He runs as crazy as Tom Brady, and I think Tom Brady just wants it like way more than him. I think Belichick is just focused on whatever the fuck that guy's focused on. You know, I, I would never claim to know because he's sort of an insane person. But I think Brady like is so hungry for this, especially with the week of media attention, that he's gonna come out smoking for sure. I'm, I'm taking Tampa. I uh, got to go with the TB12 method as well. I thought the juices were going to do the trick. There will be no such thing. Uh, I look forward to WEEI being flooded with callers on Monday, being like, <laughs> we need Tommy back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, Monday Night Football. Ba-ba-ba-ba. We have Raiders, Chargers. Great matchup here. Raiders 3-0. Justin Herberts looked great, but Derek Carr also looked like an MVP candidate. Uh, we have... It is Chargers minus three. Benny, what do you like here? I think the Raiders come back down to earth a little bit this week. Chargers are strong. You know, Raiders maybe, you know, lack of weapons becomes a little uh, more exposed this week, especially in the offensive side. I like the Chargers. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough one. I feel like every year there's that team that gets off to the hot start, and then there's the team that gets off to the slow start, and at some right. point they kind of switch. I could see this being the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers, Raiders kind of switching here, but uh, for right now I'm going to go with the Chargers in this game because that, that minus three number, right? Yeah, no, I like that, and I don't think, you know, whatever team's going to win this, I don't think it's going to be by one point, so give me the Chargers here. Godspeed to you. Danny. Oh, I feel this segment always becomes like a, a blur, and I feel like um my head is spinning. Spinning. I hope I pick. We pick four different games so I can catch up this week. But who knows? <laughs> anyway, those are the picks. Uh, if you want to email your suggestions for punishment for the loser of this, <laughs> send them to the Tune Up Podcast at gmail.com. I uh, can see all of our content at the Tune Up HQ on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Though I kind of deleted TikTok because I was like, this is bad for my brain. But we're still on there. We're still on there. Um, you can, If you want to follow the big man, he's at Benny Horowitz1, number one in your mind, number one in your heart, number one on Twitter. I am at Denny underscore Gallagher. You got anything else? Yeah, just I can't, can't wait to see the Sopranos <laughs> tomorrow. Wish me luck on homemade mozzarella and carosa. Oh, I don't know God. how it's going to go. But everybody <laughs> love everybody until then. Uh, let me offer the benediction. The show is ended. Go in peace. You've been listening to The Tune-Up. <laughs>